Hello once again and welcome to the official Scottish Rugby Podcast. This week we're, we're in person, Rach, and we're in Cam. The, the women's team as you build up, uh, getting ready for the, the two tests. Uh, oh, testing as USA in a couple of weeks. Uh, and we're joined by head of SNC Frank Seller and Hello. Tyrone Holmes, former Scottish International Glasgow Warrior, back row, defence coach, assistant coach with... Uh, <laughs> you know, women is desperate to talk about tackling and hitting people, but uh, you've had a session already this morning, Rachel. Was it all good? Yeah. Well, it's a good start. It's <laughs> <laughs> the effect that Tyrone's had. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, um, overwhelmed by Tyrone's CV there. Um, yeah, we've had a session this morning, defence session. So Tyrone was leading the session. It was good. First proper big team defence session we've had since we've had the whole group together. So it was good to get going with that. Uh, lots Tyrone has already told me that we can improve on, but it was a good start. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big thing, Frank. I mean, we're coming to you first in terms of S&C. Yesterday, or the start of the week, it was the first time you had the whole squad together with the Commonwealth Games, sevens players <laughs> back. Uh, a, a bigger squad, really, than um, you've probably been working with before and a long period of preparation time. So how exciting from a strength and conditioning position is it to have everybody in and a, a reasonable length of preparation as, as we head towards the, the challenges at the end of the year. No, that's awesome. And as you said, having everyone in person and see everyone in person makes a huge difference. I've been in touch with the Sevens girls throughout the last few months. They'll while. be in good condition. Yeah, running-wise, they're, yeah. they're in <laughs> very good condition. Um, of course, the program has been a bit different in terms of what they've done and what we've done. We focus way more on contact conditioning, which is Tyrone's favorite favorite. Um, conditioning sessions but um, no they look pretty good they look refreshed which is what they needed because some of them they haven't had like a break in, in months pretty much from last year and now it's about like building back up the volume uh, ahead of next week and a bit of contact conditioning as well and the, the players that have been here Tyrone uh, almost everyone we've spoken to said we've done a lot of contact conditioning mainly forwards because a lot of the backs I say were away with sevens how important is that if you look at the the progression of the team over the last couple of years, obviously culminating in, uh, in the fixture in Dubai, qualification for Rugby World Cup, and then frustrations really at times in the Six Nations of you know, maybe having to fall a little bit below where we'd like to have been. But how important was that Six Nations period in order to highlight what needs to improve for, for what will be a massive challenge uh, come September, October? Um, yeah, it, it was a big one. I think it was important that we review what happened in the Six Nations um, and learn from it. I think. From an attacking point of view, I think we were slightly frustrated at not finishing off some opportunities. I think at times we created space and created opportunities and that last pass didn't go to hand, mm -hmm. which at times cost us uh, in the tight games. Um, and I think around defence, I think uh, for us, we needed to start to recognise when we are in control and we can start to really pressure their attack and when we're not, and maybe we need to scramble or go soft on defence. So I think definitely that recognition for us on when we can do what in defence, but then our execution and attack. And, and that's something we've worked extremely hard on over the last block, especially with the forwards, because we've had them the majority of the time. And these things, Rich, that Tyrone's highlighting, that'll be the same feeling from the field as well. You probably, well, I assume you would agree with that. You're going to agree with the coach, but it'll be the same kind of experience that you're saying on the field, the little bit of frustrations that you know you have to work on in order to, um, to keep progressing this season. Yeah, I think like a big thing from the Six Nations was that our defence definitely pushed on um, I think um, like our kick chase and putting teams under pressure and all those bits of our defence really did go another level but we kind of got to the point now where we can be way more physical and we can like Ty says be a lot 
more clever around our decision making um, in our defensive processes and I think like we've got the personnel and the ability to do that um, so it has been a massive focus for the last couple of months so um, it'll be really interesting next week to see that in a game situation and you know we are still in pre-season so it's still about learning next week which is it's a cool place to be obviously we want to win a test match but um it's you know a lot of what we've been doing is in training so it's it's a brilliant opportunity for us to see where we're at and and like Ty says see if we have pushed on with all those stuff and and our decision making and stuff like that and I think particularly at the start of the Six Nations our attack was was really good but we really did struggle to finish off opportunities um so that that's going to be a massive focus going into these next two games and again just to see where we're at and and hopefully finish off more of them on that point frank as well like the two things that are kind of coming out there is a greater intensity in defense which ultimately needs a sometimes a change in condition it's certainly a change in mindset at times but the condition and the physicality allow you to do that and also maybe not finishing off moves created and that can come down to a whole host of things it could be skill error under pressure under fatigue or perhaps even support lines or ability to see the the break and, and support it as a strength and conditioner how closely do you work with the coaches in order to prepare the athletes to be more physical in defense or get on the end of those line breaks quicker yeah no that's that's super important and this year me and ty work uh, quite a lot together both on the field and in the gym, uh, we came up with some ideas. It was probably before the Six Nations to try to integrate um, more contact into the conditioning session. So uh, when we started preseason, we pulled out some data with the help of our sports scientists and video analysts from the Six Nations games, and we designed our drills to what actually we do during games. And also in the gym, we, we started to integrate a little bit some exercise, strength exercise with some of the concepts that Ty emphasized uh, during the training, on-field training, to try again to bridge that gap and uh, try to make the most of, of the time we have together. So yeah, I think pretty much since I've started was around January, we, we have been working together. Any wacky ideas? Um, yes. <laughs> yes. No, no, uh, no wacky ideas. But but I just, it's just been uh, it's been refreshing to work work with Frank because it's not often uh, you get an SNC coach who looks at times to put rugby first. Yeah. They're obviously looking after themselves, but at the end of the day, we're here to, to win games. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the stuff we've managed to put together um, and train, I think, will will pay off come the next two tests in the World Cup. The goals are in a, they've worked extremely hard. <laughs> they loved it. But uh, we, we want to we be a confrontational side. Yeah. That's what we want to be. And that, for me, it's it's a big difference. Uh, it's one of the big differences we've made in defense around our, our double tackles and looking to be as confrontational as we can. If we can continue with that work and that conditioning around that element, it's going to be it's going to be good for us. I'm just laughing at it. You're smirking. There's some wacky ideas you're desperate to tell us about. We've been... <laughs> Come on, Frank's going to kill me. There is one one exercise which has not gone down well where we essentially ballroom dance with a tackle bag. (laughs) And it's it's really... really Ballroom dance with a tackle bag. Essentially, it's it's about closing the shoulder in defence. only two people in the Two people, that's an absolute lie. But anyway, the rest... Now, there have been some really cool ideas that we've we've done and the girls are definitely getting um, a lot stronger in key positions, particularly around kind of how we can hold players up in defence and stuff like that. So, no, it, it's it's showing on the field. But there is a few wacky ideas which get a few of us riled up. <laughs> Talk us through the science of the ballroom dance. Uh, no, to, to be honest, like, it was between me and Ty. And I wanted <laughs> Don't to... drag me into this, <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, we, we were looking at um, 
I think the conversation started after we attended a workshop that the, the men's team organized with Lecky and mm -hmm. Stu Yule and Steve Tandy, and they shared some very cool ideas. So me and Ty was like, yeah, let's try to, to do something similar, but that applies to our environment, to our team and our philosophy. We, did, we just didn't want to copy uh, and pace pretty much. And uh, one of the, the the goal was try to work a little bit on rotation, closing the shoulder. So we, we started with, um, I guess, a basic drill in the first block and then we wanted to progress it. And so I went to Ty and I was like, what do you think about this? We're like, yep, sweet, let's, <laughs> let's do it. But now the girls are just yeah, complaining with that. <laughs> It's time, like time to move on. <laughs> <laughs> to move on. It, was good. it was good to try, though. No, I, I feel bad. The, like, the stuff that we have, like, that is just a, a one thing out of... But that's why we leave it as the last exercise. Yeah, in like the <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's been good. It's harsh being a coach, isn't it? Well, I, I do All love that things. innovation. I do uh, like it. Listen, the first aeroplane yeah. didn't look like what it looks like now. <laughs> exactly. Right, the trial and error. And <laughs> also, what I love about that is you're not trying to copy everybody else. You're using what works in different environments and what perfect practice might look for somebody else but don't just blindly copy it make yeah, it yeah i guess that, that has always been my my, my philosophy and thai philosophy you know, let's let's see what other like the men's team for example are doing but how do we apply what they do to our environment our athletes um that has been pretty much the the, the big focus for preparation phase yeah we've spoke a, a little bit of length there about the, the camp you've had over the summer and also some of the the learning that they needed to take forward from the six nations but uh, in the immediate horizon before the, the world cup there, there's two fixtures uh, both at dam health uh, stadium in edinburgh 27th of august uh, scotland moon play usa and then the 11th of september there's a game against spain so specifically what is it you're looking to get out of uh, the, uh, there'll be a lot but the key things you're looking to get out of uh, the two fixtures uh, in the next two or three weeks um, I think one's going to be cohesion for next week. So, which is hard when it's the first game of the season. Totally, mm. totally. And we've got our eye on the on the first game of the World Cup, mm. and that's one we're going towards. But that doesn't mean the next two aren't super vital and important important to us. I think um, defensively we'll go in looking to develop that cohesion. There's a few things we've been working on. I'd li I'd like to see um, see uh, see come out in that American game, and I think. Um, Looking to play in the right areas will be something we'll look, we'll look to take into the World Cup for sure. So that's something we reviewed in the Six Nations. Maybe we weren't we weren't as good as we could have been or clinical as we could have been. So that'll be definitely be one. And then for sure, taking our chances or executing our chances in attack. And on a, a fitness point of view or a conditioning point of view, it's so hard, isn't it? You, work, you get so fit without a, a training block, but nothing replicates playing a game. So really important for you to get the, the scores and the data from the, the fitness, the kilometers covered, the number of contacts, the number of high speed running meters, uh, Frank, is that, is that what you take out of it or is it more of a, a performance view as well? Yeah, I guess during game game weeks, my, my role becomes more like support the coaches in terms of how we structure the week, but SNC becomes again, not the priority we've done, the hard, the girls have done the hard work over the last few weeks. Uh, as, as a coaching group, we, we talked about having this pain um, game as a proper test match week, whereas next week will be in terms of volume and intensity a bit higher. So you'll reason, train more going yeah, into the reason, early in the week. Reason for that because again the sevens have just joined us and they they've just had a two weeks break, so we need to build up a little bit of running volume and uh, contact preparation before we we start the. You see, ah, oh, four will be fine, Rich. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I remember that to sum up that we uh, I think someone one of the, the World Cups I was involved in the preparation was the same, and they would say. 
I think it was when Andy Robinson, head coach, it was it was the phrase, we're going to train through the first week, the first fixture, which meant we're just going to drill you in training and then play a fixture at the end. I see you're smiling, looking forward to next week then. <laughs> yeah, no, like we, we were warned, to be fair, that, that this was the situation, so we're we're fully prepared for it. But um, to be fair, like, like we as players feel in pretty good condition. Uh, I think we're in a place where... We can probably still we can get through a tough a tough training week and and still perform in the test match and we're not going to be 100% fresh going into every single game at the World Cup so again it's 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 a good opportunity to you know play when you're not 100% because you never do you know there's yeah. probably the only time of the season you play 100% is the first game of the season so I do think it is something that is important that we are able to do that as well and I think we'll get the balance with obviously getting that first game out of the way and then having a little bit more of a traditional test match week against Spain and have that experience. Um, and we've got, you know, we'll probably have more hit outs and stuff like that as, as, we, as we build towards. So it's it's just another opportunity for us to push on and, and it's got to be, the focus has got to be that first game in the World Cup. And although, you know, we want to win every test match we play, we've we've got to see what the, the bigger picture is. And, and as players, we're very aware of that. So yeah, we're, we're excited for a big week and a tough week, I'm sure. Sounds good. And I say, well, uh, you've got more preparation this week. You're heading off to, to the Marines now with Rachel sitting here. I'm not sure how much you can tell us as to what's uh, what's planned, but what are the, the key things you hope to get out of a... How many days, Rach? Four uh, days? Wednesday to Friday, I think it is. Three days? Three days with, uh, with the Marines. Obviously, everybody's physically fit and able. There'll be some mental challenges, I'd imagine. What, what are the key things to get from the... As Frank desperately points to Tyrone to say, <laughs> what can you tell us? Um, I think... The girls have spent a lot, a lot of time uh, on the rugby field, uh, both the ones who've been with us and the ones who've been away with the commies. I think to take them into a different environment and give them some new challenges is going to be good for us. Um, I think there'll definitely be some team building stuff, um, start to develop that cohesion again. And uh, I think when we're finished, we should, be, we should be in a way better place, hopefully a little bit more refreshed away from the rugby field, have been asked different questions, solved different problems. And when we come back, hopefully everyone is, is on the same page and in a, in a better place. Rach, anything? <laughs> no. Laughs think... nervously. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's a good opportunity, like Ty says. Like, it's been quite overwhelming this last couple of days yeah. to go from you know, a very small oh. group to, I think, what, we've got 36 in at the minute. So that's, it's, it's almost like you know, when we had a small group, the noise was even... Like we had way more chat because now we're all like, whoa, where are all these people come from? So I think it's, it's a good opportunity, like Ty says, to get away from the rugby pitch, get used to that many people being around again and um, and just get that cohesion away from the pitch and it will, it will definitely translate onto it. Yeah, and as I say, it's not a huge amount of time, I want to say, uh, 27th yep. USA game. So, yep. so it's, you know, the next weekend, a week on a week after this weekend, obviously, so not a lot of time to prepare. But uh, before you let it go and hoover up the rest of your lunch, uh, just a bit about your, your backgrounds, really. Uh, Frank, how did you involve in rugby before you came to Scotland Women's, or, or what was your, uh, can your rugby background or yeah. your, your strength and condition background based? Yeah, as you can probably tell, I'm not Scottish <laughs> from my <laughs> accent. <laughs> no, I grew up in Italy, a um, small town in the north part of Italy, and spent, I guess, my yeah, I, I, I stayed there until I was turned 24. Did you play rugby or watch rugby? Uh, or? I played, but low level. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I kind Who of was your rugby hero in Italy? <laughs> I mean, probably Sergio Parisi. I was going to say, it had to be him. Has to be. Was that Belgian Ken Dropkick. Ken Dropkick. He's number eight. So. Um, then, yeah, after uni, I moved to New Zealand. So I lived there for three years and did a bit of work there. Then spent a bit of time in Japan uh, as an SNC. And then I pretty much joined the team at the end of last year. So, yeah. 
or I've worked mainly in rugby since I finished uni. Did a bit of work in football, but it's not for me. Um, so yeah, rugby's been my main passion. Ah, excellent. Few years. Kind of CV and, and diversity. Ty, we know a lot of your background. Do, do you miss playing now in full involved in coaching? It's a question <laughs> you get asked a lot. <laughs> well, I know he joins in every <laughs> session, but do you? How's it the transition from professional player into professional coach? Um, I've been fortunate enough to 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 retire and almost jump straight into into the, the women's national team. So uh, at, at a great level, uh, with great support and a great environment. So I'm um, super grateful to have had that opportunity, but definitely my, my playing career has given me a really good insight into, and only recently retiring, retiring into designing sessions, having a really good eye to see if players are tired, if they're not tired, how they're feeling. Um, and then coming from that pro environment, um, but obviously playing as a youngster as well, seeing where we need to get better. It's easier for me to see. I'm not learning the game through a book I've played. Um, so that, that's been, been all, it's a positive for me of being a player. And again, I've just been fortunate to come into this environment. I can't remember who asked this question quite recently. Um, I can't remember, I'll come back to you, but I'll ask the same question. Do you watch the game and think as a player still, or do you think as a coach now? More as a as a as a coach, as I a think. Coach, I try yeah. my best it takes, to push it takes myself a period, towards doesn't it. That. I mean, I think initially when you probably come into coaching or you come away from playing, you're still looking at the kind of individual aspects of like an individual performance, I suppose, as, as you would view a game as a player when you played to be really critical of your own performance. But it's a yeah. different skill to look at the kind of overarching principles as a coach, isn't it? There's there's definitely that um, that hybrid now of I still look at individuals and then I, I look at how I can shape potentially some of our individuals mm. to emulate someone or something that's, or a player that's doing something extremely well, Michael Hooper or like someone who's good of a ball, yeah. what is he doing? How can I watch him? How can I design a drill to, to emulate or, or help some of our players to start to develop some of those traits? But the other fl the flip side is when I watch a game now, I might just look at the other side of the ball, defense the whole time. Um, and I'm not really getting to enjoy the game as much because I'm like, ah, that was wrong. <laughs> oh, could have that better. Oh, that's excellent. How can we do that? See, it was two negatives first, then the excellent mm, bit. Yeah, <laughs> that is not joking. <laughs> no, uh, no, like Ty, in terms of having someone that's so new out, like fresh out of the game, has been class for us. I think he's someone that we can all like have a pretty good conversation with. You know, in terms of he's very open to child, not. Challenge is maybe the wrong word. I don't know. Ty can give you the word for what what it is we do, but as in like we have we have really good discussions. Um, I've learned a huge amount from from working with Ty because defense is kind of the bit of the game which I I enjoy the most, and um, and he's super passionate. He's as you can probably tell from him talking about it. He's is extremely passionate, which comes across in his coaching, and and he just wants us as individuals and as a team to be the best we can be and that's kind of exactly what you want as a player um, and yeah position specific as well obviously back row and back row is a yeah. little bit of that that can help out definitely I think we were probably there's like some things that ties well one thing that ties re recently said to me about that I think he was that I always try to do everything way too mm. fast so then I end up not maybe being in control like well yeah not always being in control of situations that's like come from him playing and same. like in the exact same so like there's there's definite similarities and and stuff which has really resonated with me because it's, it's something that I've started to 
kind of try and change my game in the last couple of months and can see a difference already. So, um, no, it's been class. I definitely don't have his jackling technique yet, <laughs> but uh, he's it's something that, again, we've been working on a lot. So, um, no, it's been class to have both Ty and Frank in with, with the team and they've made a massive difference. I love that word, yeah, you put in there. It's we've, good. We've, paid for Rachel, growth. we've paid Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> we've paid Rachel. We've paid Rachel. Listen, um, I say we're in the camp. You've had a session already this morning. You've got a session almost immediately after lunch. So to give us 20 minutes, half an hour of your time before you head off as well with, uh, with the Marines, it's a lot of time away. So I know how busy you are. So uh, to Frank and to Tyrone, thanks for your time. Great insight. And uh, we'll pop, uh, we'll, well, no doubt have you back on before the certainly before the World Cup and uh, in and around the, the test matches coming up. So thanks, thanks for your for time. Yeah, absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks, Thank folks. You. Well, Rach, it was... Um, I, I've always feel really quite... I don't know if it's quite sorry for you, but I never know how to tiptoe around that when you're actually... You're in charge of your coaches for <laughs> a podcast <laughs> and you have to go back out and train. As if you're always worried about saying the wrong thing or upsetting the coach. But uh, Frank and, uh, and Tyrone... They're an important part of the squad that you can see they're kind of vibrant members of the squad as well and, and, and they work well together. Yeah, no, they're they work really closely together and you can kind of tell from, from the way Frank in particular was talking about you know, he's a really kind of rugby driven S and C coach. Mm. He, they they really try and be pretty cohesive in everything they do and I, it's made a big difference in how we train. Um but no, I've got a good relationship with, with them both so we <laughs> we didn't grill them too no, hard. No, we didn't grill right. them too hard, so it's all good. Um, but no, they've been two really, really beneficial additions to to the coaching team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as well as your rugby encounter, there's a whole host of rugby every weekend. We just seem to lose ourselves watching games. Yeah. International rugby at the weekend, um, the rugby championship. We spoke to Mike Adamson last week. He was uh, assistant referee in the game between Argentina and Australia. Big win for Argentina in the yeah. end, 48-17. Didn't see that coming. No, King Boff running yeah. uh, running the show again yeah. uh, from an Edinburgh perspective. But it was quite similar to the game the week before where Australia eventually won comfortable. But you didn't feel as if there was a you know 40-point, almost 50-point game that but. Argentina and in both opponents that Scotland are going to play in in, in the autumn, we'll say, but Argentina looked really good this week again, some of the attack and, and, and some of their execution was yeah, excellent. I, th I think considering as well, they are a team which hadn't played a huge amount mm -hmm. prior to this and they are a team which is building, but they're showing glimpses of, of mm -hmm. what they can do, well, in this game, more than just glimpses, like, and it's they're, they're going to be a team to, to really contend. <clears throat> I think I can see a real... Um, I can Michael Checker, Felipe Contepoe, me Leinster edge yeah. to it because Checker was obviously at Leinster before um, Lancaster and Leo Cullen. And can he or Leo Cullen took over as head coach, and he was quite heavily involved in that second touch, his loop plays, trying to get you know stay alive, stay in the game, get the offload. And Contepoe has obviously recently moved from Leinster. He would he played at Leinster and he's recently moved from the coaching staff. And I can see that and how they're trying to play. And I think when they played against us and it was that third test. It was it was good and bad. They weren't accurate enough, but now they're picking up that accuracy, and it it's exciting to watch. And it'll be a challenge for uh, for Scotland at BT Murrayfield to to counter that that yeah. style of play. No, absolutely. And I think like the one thing Scotland have got is that their defence mm. in the last few seasons is was under Steve Tandy is is going mm. from strength to strength. So it'll be a perfect challenge for them in terms of to see where they are because, like you say, their attack Argentinians attack is is really improving. Um, and it's, it, it shows from the game of the weekend, very hard to defend. Yeah. Another game, the, the, the game between uh, South Africa and New Zealand was a, a win for the for New Zealand. They've been under a bit of pressure. 
but just a number of quality players I have, the, the level, we, we keep saying the level of intensity, of course it's physical, it's international rugby, of course it is, but I actually thought in that game there was two or three occasions where, whether it was South Africa and New Zealand, both found ways to beat the blitz defence, mm -hmm. which I was quite encouraged by, um, but then it was that, just ability to keep the ball under pressure and, and, and score at the right time from New Zealand, but that's an impressive thing to be able to do under so much pressure, mm -hmm. under so much scrutiny when you think the world's against you, it's hard to do, but to win in Johannesburg, that, that just underlines how, uh, well, why never to write off the New Zealand All Blacks, I suppose. Absolutely, and I think I felt a bit sorry for them, and <laughs> I mean, that's maybe just as a as a player and the type of person I am, but in terms of both them and the, and the coach, in terms of the amount of pressure that they, mm. they have been under, um, I think the way they attacked started to look a little bit more like yeah, their DNA. Yeah. Um, I would say in the last couple of tests, they've not really looked like they've got many options they've yeah. kind of played a very traditional style of attack to what we would see in other international mm -hmm. teams which is not what you expect from the All Blacks um, whereas this game they definitely started to look a lot more kind of like you say trying to keep the ball alive yeah. and and got to the edge got to getting the edge to side, the edges yeah 100% and mm -hmm. and I think um, the likes of Sevilla and the Sam Whitelock the turnovers they were getting and, and yeah. key op key positions in on the pitch and then turning that into an attack that was much more like the All Blacks you're used to seeing. It's funny as well because you say that, and not to dwell on it too much, but obviously playing New Zealand in the uh, the autumn series as well, they have to have the courage and confidence to do that when everything seems to be against you. Like it was a risk; it would be a perceived risky way to play against Springboks. I mean, the easy thing we do is try and soak it up and get rid of the ball, and knowing fine well that South Africa are probably going to kick it back to you, yeah. so you might try and counter attack off that second ball. But they actually took a risk in terms of how they played when they were under so much pressure so again it's a nod to the I suppose the preparation and the, and the mindset that you know if like stick to your principles mm -hmm. don't just you concede and, and perceive to play safe go yeah. for it and, and they certainly did that so um, yeah, I've so got a question actually what what do you think of the way that the South Africans use well choose their team and also use their bench it's someone like Malcolm Marks who was Come on, after about thirty-five minutes, didn't he? But he was also why, like, yeah. why did he not? In my head, I'm like, he was a standout player the week before. Why? Yeah. Why does he? And then I don't know. I just find the way I thought they used their bench, a wee bit Yeah, they use the their very differently to yeah. how anyone else does. I, I thought it backfired a wee bit at the weekend. I, I can understand why you would do it when you've got such a depth yeah. of, of talent, but um, Umbanambi, the, the other hooker that usually either starts or, or, or sits on the bench when Marks was injured, was unavailable. So yeah. Dweber came in. And he would have thought there was your opportunity to start with your more experienced yeah. player. Um, and the player who played. And the player who played so well so in the 50th test yeah. the week before. So um, it's worked for them so often in terms of having that strength coming on that at that time where it's, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where maybe there's a bit of fatigue in the opposition. But I, I'm the same as you. I would kind of mm. ebb towards the get your strongest team on, on yeah. first and go for it. But I mean, it's, it's just they've got the ability to do that with the players they have. But I did think because the All Blacks, the, the impact of the, the bench a wee bit earlier than normal didn't impact the All Blacks like the whole psychologically, that's a massive boost for yeah. the uh, for New Zealand yeah. to, to kick on. So yeah, some tough, op tough opposition for, for Scotland um, in October, November at BT Murrayfield, but uh, well, hopefully some top class games as well. Super six at the weekend, last weekend, Southern Knights uh, lost at home to Burramuir Bears, Burramuir Bears winning both the, uh, their opening games, both on the road as well. Um, so Graham Shule's side uh, looking good. The, it was a. I watched that game. It was it was 
a bit attrition, all I thought there could have been more ambition to play, especially from Southern Knights, but their mall was excellent, so that was giving them good rewards in terms of tries. Um, but Birmingham Your Bears, a good balance to, the, to their side and, 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 and playing pretty well. You were at the, the Watsonians, Ayrshire Bulls game on, on Saturday. The Bulls got off to a cracking start, didn't they? Yeah, it, it, was, a, it was a really strange game, to be honest. I th it really looked like Ayr were, were quite really in, good in the first, really half, good in the first half, quite in control. It looked mm -hmm. very kind of the word I would use is was quite a controlled performance and then um, the second half it was like a different Watson's team and to an extent a slightly different air team you know the first half both teams really fronted up if I'm honest and and air just edged out each time and, and, and seemed to come away with the points and had discipline as well so that they had opportunities to to kick for try points. just after half time probably was a it killed them off a little bit a, a bit of a killer yeah yeah so it was yeah a game of two halves absolutely um and physical yeah, though it was very physical much more i think physical and yeah. dynamic than the game on the friday night yeah it was very physical particularly the first half where both teams were it was kind of pretty close in in those close quarters um contacts but um but yeah not another good game and here it's pick up a, a win on the road as well uh, we still in Wolves still in Wolves have lost both the, the, their early games as well um, they, they tended in the last two or three times and then mm. came really strong towards the end so uh, fixtures this weekend Friday night well it is the Wolves at home against Southern Knights uh, at Bridge Hall and then on Saturday um, it's Ayrshire Bulls taking on Birmingham Bears a two o'clock game and then the 4.30 game Heritage at home the first home game to Watsonian so as always after kind of three weeks the table will begin to take shape yeah. Um, and we'll see who's uh, who's uh, who's started the best. Okay, we're going to uh, look ahead to the the women's tennis premiership now. Um, joined by Watsonians uh, vice captain Kayleigh King, last yeah. year's winner, uh, defending champions of the, the the premiership, and newcomers Geary, uh, first time ever Geary have, have reached the tennis premiership. So uh, captain Nikki San uh, Simpson joined us as well. I was going to call you Nikki Sanderson. I think she was in, Cor <laughs> she was in coordination state at one point. Wasn't she? <laughs> Look at, judging with the blank, look, I might have to look at the production queue because that might be before your time, am I right? <laughs> she was like, no. <laughs> Nikki Simpson. That'd be uh, great, though. Yeah, well, maybe that's a career move. You fancy maybe it? I might have to. We'll, we'll come to you first, Nikki, in terms yeah. of, you know, first the women's team in the northeast to, to reach a tennis premiership. It's been a, you know, 10 years almost in the making. Tell us about your journey as part of the club. You work with the club now, development mm -hmm. officer. Yeah. Have you been playing all the way through have you been at the club the whole time was it obviously a goal of the club to reach the the pinnacle but yeah. tell us some of your experiences in personal experiences yeah. over the last few years oh, quite a long journey but <laughs> <laughs> uh, no it started out um at ellen which is like not far away from yeah. Inverurie, uh with the under 18s team and then i started my senior uh, rugby at giri so i played there for a couple of years and then um just before Covid, I end up doing a year at Cartha Queens Park. I'll be playing against. Yeah, made that move just for development purposes, and then uh, obviously Covid happened, and then end up getting this job. So uh, you know, which is brilliant because like Giri has been like my home rugby club, um, and you know it's just been great. So I went back there, taking the job, and now I'm just being the, the captain which is just. exciting <laughs> <laughs> and what was the the end of last season like when you finally kind of gained promotion was it a big celebration can you remember oh. much of it, or was it? <laughs> I mean yeah I can't remember too much but um, no the end of the game it was just amazing like we had so much support that's the most support I think we've ever had at one of the games I think 
men and women potentially. It was brilliant and everyone came and ran on the pitch and, uh, you know, was cheering us on. So, no, it was amazing, um, great experience. And then, yeah, had a great night afterwards. So. Imagine a look <laughs> ahead complain. to the, yeah. Exactly, look ahead to the, the challenges and, and what the, yeah. the challenge attends Premiership. But somebody knows all about that. Kayleigh, last year's winner, we said Watsonians um, top the tree convincing performance in the in the final as well the final game of the the premiership tell us about that experience it was uh not not comfortable but you know best team for a you know, majority of the season so almost complacency can come and it certainly didn't in that final performance Absolutely. but uh, tell us about your experiences at the end of last season so i really do have to give credit to hills because as we've said before you know i don't feel that they were at full capacity and i think that once we had a few tries in um just it, it's very much a mental game from that point on um but both for myself and um this year's captain briar mcnamara um, it was actually our first season with yeah. Watsonians and to come to an all new squad um, and to have new players and old players alike really work hard. Um, I think the beginning of our season, we had a few um, humbling matches and we worked really, really hard to get to that point. Um, the final was just exceptional and I think when you work so hard towards something, it feels quite surreal. And I think um, I'm really, really proud of the team for what they accomplished. It was at home as well, wasn't it? It was. It was at home. And the, the, I remember kind of seeing some of the highlights and some of the tries scored. And it was, it was excellent. You mentioned that the, the couple of defeats are the harder times towards the start of the season. Are they still in the back of your mind as a, a motivating factor come the, the end of the season? Oh, absolutely. No. Um, we've We've had a lot of evaluation coming into this season because we have lost a significant number of players. Um, we've had some very big names either move away, so our captain from last year, Al King, mm -hmm. has moved to Canada. We've had some um, players enter their retirement who were very pivotal in the squad. Um, additionally, just some players moving on to um, either different teams or new cities. So the Watsonians of this season will be extremely different from the Watsonians of last season. Um, and those those losses and those wins, um, we have no idea what this is what this season is That's going quite to bring us. As well, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, I think it'll be a very serious foundational year um, to put in the work and to see some new faces out. A new coach as well. Yes, Bruce Miller. Bruce Miller. In. Yes. So I think um, Freddie Main losing him as a coach was. Um, really challenging. Um, you know, Freddie struggles with chronic fatigue, and so it was time for him to move on and focus on himself and his own health. And Bruce Miller has come in and hit the ground running. Um, we've had three sessions with him so far, and he is phenomenal. He's, He's enthusiastic, isn't he? Oh, he is. He <laughs> definitely is. Um, all of our sessions are just really fun, very yeah. fast-paced, and I think that he is just the person to push us into the new season and the next step for the club. Yeah, good luck with that. As I say, it's a responsibility on those like yourself who've had success with the club before with so much change. So um, that's a, an exciting exciting season to look, look ahead to. And Geary, Nikki, do you coach as well? I know you coach at the club, but I, I, do you have a, a coaching influence in the team at all? Uh, no, no, I, I try my best. <laughs> try not to. <laughs> Help. <laughs> try not button too much. But um, no, yeah, just in the schools yeah. and... Um, you know, help with like the the young lot on the on a Saturday, so that's quite nice. But no, I try and keep keep out of that. <laughs> How hard is it? Because um, you obviously yeah, want to impart the, the the experience you have, and 
and make a difference but yeah and i'd you know if we need you know help with skills here and yeah. there like i'll you know help more than happy to help but yeah i try and well i say i try and stay out but i don't <laughs> think <laughs> i think my teammates would say otherwise but and what are the what are the goals for giri obviously new grounds new experiences yeah. are you at a point in the season or pre-season where you've started to set goals realistic targets or is it just going and, and you know as i say because it is new take every game as it comes as the old cliche says and focusing the first one i think you're at uh you know cougars aren't you yeah, um, yeah. away from home in the first the first round so is that the focus or have you dared to look further ahead um i would say our goal for the season is just we're quite similar in the sense of we've lost a lot of players from last season so it's not really the same team as what we had um just from you know different um is that quite common in the, the women's game is there quite a big turnover in players year on year I'd say so. Yeah, I would say so. Like, it gets to the end of the year, and then you know, people like move or want to start families, and um, ultimately, I think yeah. in women's rugby, we don't have the luxury of rugby being our first priority. So obviously, we have careers, um, and if women have the opportunity to play at a higher level, um, for example, uh, Watsonians players Hannah Smith and Molly Wright, um, they have the opportunity to play for Scotland, and there's just no sense in continuing at the club level when you have those opportunities. So if yeah. you if you get a player that um, does very well for themselves, then odds are they'll be moving on from the club scene. The flip side of that is... I'd I'd imagine I think I know the answer to this. The clubs are really welcoming, though. Like if you if you <laughs> oh, do need absolutely. to absolutely yeah. yeah if do yeah. if you do move <laughs> you'll be welcome. Or if your club needs new players and sometimes it, there's a real welcoming nature to it all. Well, you'll have experienced that, Kayleigh, coming to to, to Watsons. Where were you before? So um, my rugby career has been somewhat interesting. If you can't tell by the bad accent, <laughs> I am actually American. Um, so I have played for about six seasons now. And when I first moved to Scotland, I was doing my master's at Edinburgh. So I played for Edinburgh Uni. Mm-hmm. Um, then COVID happened and nobody mm-hmm. was playing. You'd had a bit of success at Edinburgh Uni. Um, yes, we did. Yeah. Um, so that was, whew, what, three three years ago? Um, seems like ages. Um, yeah, <laughs> did, you play, did you play the varsity games? So we actually, my class was the one where the, um, I did play at varsity, yes. Um, I stepped on the pitch and I managed to get a yellow card um, within my first five minutes and boy did I cry. It was <laughs> very what humbling. Was, what was the offence? It was actually, it was a team oh, yellow no, it in wasn't. my defence no, and it wasn't, it wasn't releasing. Final warning. Oh, and really? I was, oh. I was humbled. I was like, oh, I get to play at Murrayfield. This is such a such an amazing experience. Didn't even have time to catch my breath, and boom, I was in the I was on the naughty steps. So that was um, that was exciting. And um, I can yeah, see so, I can see it doesn't still hurt though. No, no, I'm not bitter about it anymore <laughs> at all. Um, and so I actually I trialed a few of the teams, and I just felt that Watsonians for me was the place that felt the most like home. But my biological sister actually plays for Hillhead, so when we talk about the clubs being welcoming, I know a lot of the Hills uh, girls. Some of my closest friends play yeah, for Cougars. Yeah. Um, I think that it's overall a very welcoming environment. And a big part of that, as well as the next generation, the younger players coming through. Nick, and you, you said already you work in mm-hmm. development officer Rigiri. If there is a lot of movement for various different reasons across women's rugby, being able to backfill that with young girls coming through, being inspired of what they see from what you you guys do, yeah. but also the national team at the moment as well, that's a big part of it, isn't it? Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I think you know we've had a couple of the young girls come through. Um, like last season, it was brilliant, but now they're 
on their way to you know go to uni mm-hmm. so and that's like they have, having to but go they'll to continue to play i would imagine oh 100 yeah. percent, and like being able to you know start their journey off at giri and you know build them up to move on is also like really lovely to see as well and i think being um in the show as development officer it's so nice to see like the young girls coming through and just hopefully being that role model mm-hmm. for them and hopefully you know make them want to stick or um even going to like the primary schools and the young girls there they're like oh like you're, you know you're a female like <laughs> they're just shocked and like they're so excited and they're like oh when can we come to the club we'd love mm-hmm. to come and then that's really uh been pretty special I think I think the goal is to set the foundation to become redundant so that the way (laughs) truly the way forward is easier for the younger people who come after you yeah that's a good and also inspired by the the senior team at the moment the the, the Scottish national team and obviously the World Cup endeavours later on the season that all helped as well doesn't it to to set that goal to set that I suppose that target that motivation for, for a lot of people in the game does it inspire both of you when you see oh, the, the national team play? Yeah. Like being able to watch them on TV, you know, it's like, this is amazing. I remember, I was thinking on the way here, the drive here, that when I was younger, I can't remember however long ago, but I remember seeing a female's uh, rugby match on the TV. I can't remember the teams, but I was like, oh my goodness, that's the first time I've ever seen females play on TV. And it was just like, this is amazing. Um, so it's like, it's so good to see like, how often it is on the TV for, mm-hmm. you know, women and girls and for everyone to watch. So it's mm-hmm. fantastic. I also think it's amazing to see um, Scottish rugby really invest mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. women's side and the fact that they're offering the players contracts mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, I think the potential is limitless and I think we're going to see big things from the Scotland women. Yeah, look ahead. We're all looking forward to it. We've seen big things already. And yeah, it's, it is a new challenge at the World Cup and... South Africa before uh, in New Zealand, sorry, before that, we've got two tests at Dam Health and Edinburgh as well to look forward to. So uh, a lot of uh, a lot of Canadian national rugby come, but a lot of rugby for, for you. For you coming at the domestic level as well. How's pre-season going? Is it is? Oh, Kaylee's just rolled her eyes. You're deep in the heart of it now. Is it? Uh, is it physical? Is it hard? Is it great to be part of it, or is it just the same old grind that you have? No, you have to do get through to get the foundation for a successful season. Uh, I would say it's it's been good. We've, we're doing a lot of like game uh, gameplay stuff, so yeah. a lot of running in the games. But yeah, I'm not really a big fan of Broncos anymore. <laughs> I won't ask your time. I've never done a Bronco. Bronco for how in the world have you gotten? Yeah, I, I look yeah. too old. We used to do fitness tests. It was a Broncos the. It's a fitness test, it's kind of on vogue, it's 20 metres and back, 40 metres and yes. back, 60 and back, and then you do it five, five times, times through, yeah. non-stop. Yeah. Um, and boring, is it gruelling? Yeah. How, <laughs> how many times do you do Like, How many times do you test it well, in that? You, I would say weeks, you or? test um, at the beginning of the season, in the middle of the season, right. and towards yeah. the end of so the season. So do you go slow at the start, so your, team, your time Don't gets better? Don't give away you... all of my secrets, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, we used to do equivalent but worse whether it was bleep test or whether it was yo-yo test it's all the same thing you just mm-hmm. yeah. grin and bear it's part of the game isn't it but i know the broncos on vogue at the moment i think the some of the best times are four fifteen i will yeah. say that four, my time is so close to that <laughs> it's good. unreal i think george i think george horns maybe the top of the tree i might be wrong uh henry Purgos is pretty good as well so it's uh that's a target yeah. i think in scottish yeah. rugby but uh i might try it later <laughs> um, so uh so pre-season going well i said um, Cougars host Geary in the first round, uh, and you're away from home as well. Decatha, Kaylee, what's yep. uh, you look forward to that one? 
I do. Um, I was speaking previously about what our goals are for the match. And again, I think with the very high turnover we've mm. had this season, the goal is just to get a feel for our play, our new structure. We have a new coach, lots of new faces. Um, regardless of the outcome, the goal is to hit the ground running and maintain the mem- momentum throughout the season. Sounds good. Sounds pretty sensible. You can always adjust that. And, you know, we talk a lot about setting goals and how important it is to set goals, but they also have to be flexible, don't they? Mm-hmm. Especially when you've got a lot of turnover, a lot of change. New experience for Geary being in the Premiership for the first time, so I think you're right to, to keep digging in at these Broncos for now, focus on the early part of the season, and I wish you, well, individually, both well, but your teams and all the other teams as well, all the best for a, a successful season. Thank you, we Thanks appreciate so that. Well, thank you once again for listening to the official Scottish Rugby podcast. Good luck to everybody involved in rugby over the weekend, and we'll be back to bring you more reaction and analysis next week. <laughs>